Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, he's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CSE Talk Radio. It's my honor, my privilege, and it's my extreme pleasure to be here with you on this, our day of giving thanks. I am honored that you have tuned in to CSE Talk Radio today. Hopefully, your turkey is cooking and you're able to spend a moment with your family gathered around the radio or computer for my special two-series presentation of a pilgrim story. I'm hoping it'll be like an old-time radio story, only with a lot of truth mixed in with some imagination. Each morning I begin our time together with a prayer. I begin it with the words from the book of Esther for such a time as this. Because of a time... 400 years ago, in our own history, Americans have celebrated a day nationwide to give thanks to God, to be grateful for our loved ones, our homes, our family, and all the things that have been provided for us. We gather together. We gather together to ask the Lord's blessing. He chastens and hastens. His will to make known. The wicked oppressing now cease from distressing. Sing praises to his name. He forgets not his own. Beside us to guide us, our God with us joining, ordaining, maintaining his kingdom divine. So from the beginning, the fight we were winning. Thou, Lord, were at our side. All glory be thine. We all do extol thee, thou leader in battle, and pray that thou still our defender will be. Let thy congregation escape tribulation. Thy name be ever praised, O Lord, make us free. Amen. For such a time as this, our Father led to a new world for his glory. Amen. When the past no longer illuminates the future. The spirit walks in darkness, Alexis de Tocqueville reminded us. History is not just about memorizing facts and dates. It's about knowing the people and their experiences, their losses and their triumphs. I decided this Thanksgiving... We'd put aside the warm, fuzzy poems and the silly and the funny quips and the other poems and enter the life of one particular pilgrim. While much is said about the sufferings of all, I thought it might behoove us, or at least behoove me, to visit one person and try to see just exactly what she saw and feel what she felt. Many times women are less mentioned in our history, but today and tomorrow, let's walk the pilgrim path 
in our world. I have a couple of quotes from William Bradford. One says that with their miseries, they opened a way to these new lands, and after these hardships, with what ease other men came to inhabit them. We reap the benefits, do we not? Another quote, he says, All great and honorable actions are accompanied with great difficulties, and both must be enterprised and overcome with answerable courage. Priscilla's Progress The Pilgrimage of Priscilla For my years young and new days of youth, God did make known to me His truth, and called me from my native place for to enjoy the means of grace. In the wilderness He did me guide, and in strange lands for me provide. In fears and wants through weal and woe, a pilgrim passed I too and fro. These are the words were written by William Bradford. He was a good and wise man. Mr. Bradford was one of our passengers from Leiden, Holland. Separatists, we called them. I thought his words could have been mine, and so I put them to memory. My name is Priscilla Mullins Alden. I want to tell you about my journey. It was a long and difficult journey, wrought with pain and deep loss, but in the end had great rewards, rewards that you enjoy today. Let me begin. I was born around 1603. <laughs> no woman likes to tell her age, you know that. It was in a county close to Surrey, England. My father, William Mullins, made an adventurous decision to take his family to the New World. However, not all of us Mullins went. My two oldest siblings, Sarah and Mary, and my brother William, he was a junior, was married too. They stayed in Dorking County, which was near Surrey, England. Father was a businessman. We boarded the ship with London contingent. Many were who were on this adventure ship named Mayflower were seeking religious freedom. They had previously left England, not too happy with the king there, and went to Leiden, Holland. To hear them tell the story, it seemed they might have overstayed their welcome there. They were also worried that Leiden ways were not of God and were influencing their children away from God. There were around forty-one whom we considered religious separatists, noble and brave, I thought. They called us strangers, which I found odd. But while we Mullins were not a part of those fleeing Leiden, we certainly held true and strong to our faith in God. Little did I know then how that faith would be tested. My mother, <clears throat> my mother passed away several years before my father had remarried then. It was my father, Sarah, my stepmother, and my new younger brother, Joseph, along with me. Together we set out on this journey in the year of our Lord, 1620. T'was on the September day our journey began. We also brought with us our friend and servant, Robart Carter. 
There were two ships leaving England, headed for New World, the Mayflower, which my family was on, and the Speedwell. The Speedwell had ship problems and had to return to England. Many gave up their venture at that time, and others boarded our ship, the Mayflower. We boarded ship with as few personal items as we could. While the ship looked large to Joseph and me, it was only about 100 feet long. Father, being a shoemaker and a businessman, brought along a large stock of boots and shoes. That's got to be every woman's dream, a dad who makes shoes, right? Alas, practicality was more important than fashion. There was much to do to prepare for this grand adventure. I was a teenager, but almost a woman, and helped my stepmother Sarah make ready for our new lives in this new world. Once all of us passengers boarded the Mayflower, there were probably a hundred and two of us, fifty men, nineteen women, and thirty-three young adults and children. There was between thirty and forty crewmen. We were cramped on the ship. We will be quite close for months, I was told. We were told there was to be no complaining. We were probably two months into our journey when the winds began to blow. Oh, it was horrible. And it was strong, winterly. Gales caused the ship to be buffeted to and fro. We're headed into a break. When we come back, we'll go back to this trip, this ship called the Mayflower and Priscilla's Journey. is more than just a slogan. It's a brand we all look for to better this nation's economy. Liberty Tabletop is the brand of Cheryl Manufacturing, the only manufacturer of flatware in the United States of America. Liberty Tabletop creates high-quality flatware at a competitive price using the finest quality 1810 chromium nickel stainless steel. Oh, and by the way, the steel they use is also made in the USA. The steel is tested for lead and other toxic trace elements so you bring to your family a safe and pure product that will last for generations. Setting your table is an important part of every meal. The patterns you choose say something about you and your family. Bringing America home with LibertyTabletop.com or go to my website, csetalkradio.com, and click on their link. Call Liberty Tabletop at 844-386-2338. Use the promo code BETHANN and receive 10% off your purchase. LibertyTabletop.com. Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. 
Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rural America is the heart of production in this nation. Our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power of the Future promotes jobs in rural America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radicals like Tom Stiers and George Soros promise to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all the is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power of the Future is fighting for you, rural America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power of the Future is fighting to keep America's lights on. You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. While the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. Welcome back. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We have a special Thanksgiving two-part series of the Pilgrimage of Priscilla. Let's go back to Priscilla's story. We were probably two months into our journey when the wind began to blow. It was horrible. The strong westerly gales caused the ship to be buffeted to and fro. I could hear the creaking and the cracking of the timbers. I don't mind admitting it. I was scared. Waters seeped into the ship. Everything was damp and cold, even our sleeping quarters. Passengers became ill. Conditions were dirty and filthy and unfit. Adding to our misery, the misery of cold and wet, our provisions of food were lacking. The portions were inadequate for keeping good health. It was horrible. I was afraid. I was afraid as I watched many, particularly the women and children, grow sick and weak from the conditions. While yet at sea, one passenger passed away, as did one of the crewmen. We would soon discover death would not be a stranger on this journey. Because of the failing health and the cramped conditions, the patience of all continued to grow thin, to say the least. Tempers were beginning to rage, and there was talk of mutiny. It was mid to late November, as I best remember, 
When we spotted land, oh, what a beautiful sight that was. I was told we were looking at Cape Cod Hook. I believe today you call it Prince Pro Provincetown Harbor. I was nearly heartbroken when they said we wouldn't be able to leave the ship immediately. Remember, I mentioned there'd been some arguing and such on board. Well, the New World had no true governing, had no government. The men all agreed upon this, but I think it was William Brewster who wrote Our New Laws and Covenant. They called this document the Compact, and all the men signed it. It was now our law. You know, you know it as the Mayflower Compact. It wasn't a very long document, but Father explained to me that this was very important to establishing our lives in this new land for safety and civility. It would take all of us working together to survive. Allow me to read this to you. In the name of God, Amen. We whose names are underwritten the loyal subjects of our dread sovereign Lord King James, by the grace of God, of Great Britain, France, and Ireland, King Defender of the Faith, etc., having undertaken for the glory of God and advancements of the Christian faith and the honor of our King and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia, do by these presents, solemnly and mutually in the presence of God and one another, covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic for our better ordering and preservation and furtherance of the ends of aforesaid, and by virtue hereof to enact, constitute, and frame such, such just and equal laws, ordinances, acts, constitutions, and offices from time to time that shall be thought most meet and convenient for the general good of the colony, unto which we promise all due submission and obedience. In witness whereof, we have hereunto subscribed our names at Cape Cod, the 11th of November, in the year of the reign of our Sovereign Lord King James of England, France, and Ireland, the 18th, and Scotland, the 54th, 1620. Each one of the men signed the compact, John Carver, William Bradford, Edward Winslow, William Brewster, Isaac Allerton, Miles Standish, John Alden, oh, I will share more about those two later, Samuel Fuller, Christopher Martin, William Mullins, William White, Richard Warren, John Howland, Stephen Hopkins, Edward Tilly, John Tilly, Francis Cook, Thomas Rogers, Thomas Tinker, John Rigsdale, Edward Fuller, John Turner, Francis Eaton, James Shilton, John Crackstone, John Billington, Moses Fletcher, John Goodman, Daggery Priest, Thomas Williams, Gilbert Winslow, Edmund Margeson, Peter Brown, Richard Britteridge, George Sowell, 
Richard Clark, Richard Gardner, John Allerton, Thomas English, Edward Doty, Edward Leister. Just saying their names brings a rush of memories. We were on the boat for what seemed like a long time, but truly a short time in our lives. Thank you for listening to that. I think it is good that we should read this every now and again as a reminder of our covenant with God and with men. The men did go to shore first. To me it seemed like an eternity as they looked for a suitable place for us to settle. They built modest dwellings for us while we stayed on the Mayflower, trying to make the best of our horrible accommodations and care for those who were oh so weak and ill. Oh, it made my heart ache. Many who made this long journey would not live now to even step upon the land they sought to build with new lives. It was winter now. We finally went ashore and began to make homes. The winter was harsh and brought death. I never knew winter could be so cold and so cruel. William Bradford eloquently penned it this way. And for the season, it was winter. And they that know the winters of that country know them to be sharp and violent and subject to cruel and fierce storms, dangerous to travel to known places, much more to search an unknown coast. Besides, what could they see but a hideous, desolate wilderness, full of wild beasts and wild men? And what multitudes there might be of them, they knew not. I started this journey a teenage young woman, but the circumstances now brought me quickly to adulthood. That first winter and the illnesses it brought to us claimed many lives, my father, my stepmother Sarah, and my younger brother Joseph were among those lost. I now find myself alone, an orphan in a new world. While there were only nineteen women who made this journey, by winter's end, there were but five of us females who survived. Oh my, and I failed to mention to you that three of our women on board the Mayflower were actually six months pregnant. Oh, what brave women! Since there are very few accounts of the women who made this pilgrimage with their families, I wanted to share what I remember of them. We grew very close in our community in the New World. It was hard, but the people were wonderful. Faith helped us get through the hardships and the losses. I pondered one day, as I stood and looked on at all these wonderful, hard-working individuals, what an exceptional group they are. Most left their worlds of comfort, to seek a new life, never again to see the families they left behind or the loved ones they had just buried. I didn't quite understand when my father told me this was my journey, was our journey. But as I watched for this moment, I felt it. I felt it deep inside. I don't know the future of this new world or this land of unimaginable opportunity, as they said, but 
at this very moment, I felt it. I felt it deep down within my soul. This new world, this new world, was going to be an amazing life for all who might dare to journey here. An amazing life. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We have a two-part series today, The Pilgrimage of Priscilla, Priscilla Mullins Alden, as we believe she might have seen it. We'll be right back. Return to listening to CSE Talk Radio. Welcome back to our special Thanksgiving two-part series of the Pilgrimage of Priscilla. Let's go back to her story. Where was I? Oh, yes. I wanted to tell you about the women. Susanna White Winslow. (laughs) She gave birth on board the ship while we were anchored and waiting for the men to return and give us the okay to come ashore. While the conditions were horrendous, Seeing this new baby, Peregrine was what they named him, and this new life, it gave us hope. Oh, we thanked God. Peregrine was New England's first-born son and later became a prominent farmer and military captain. He was blessed indeed, and I was proud to be a small part of his life. Susanna became a widow the first winter of as her husband, William, passed away in February. Susanna was the first to give birth, and she was also the first to wed in our new land. It was in May that same year of 1621 when Susanna married the widower, Edward Winslow. They went on to be prominent leaders in the community. Susanna and Edward Union was then blessed with five children of their own. Elizabeth Hopkins actually gave birth at sea to a young male and named him Oceanus. Isn't that a beautiful name? So appropriate. But this new world was rough, and our little Oceanus only lived to the age of two. Mary Allerton. Mary was about 30 years old. She made her journey with her husband and three children, Bartholomew, Remember, I love that name, and little Mary, who was only four years old. Mrs. Allerton was one of our beloved separatists from Leiden, Holland. Sweet Mary didn't make it through the first winter of Plymouth Harbor. We lost her in February. Isaac carried on with his children, and it was four years later when he remarried. He married Mr. Brewster's daughter, Fear Brewster, And together they had two children, Sarah and Isaac. 
You see, even with all the tragedies that we met, our community was surviving and it was growing. Mary Cushman. Little Mary Allerton grew up to Mary Thomas Cushman. Thomas came to the New World earlier on the fortune. Together they had eight children. Thomas knew little Mary, Sarah, Isaac, Elkanah, Fear, Eleazar, and Lydia. All those children gave Thomas and Mary a legacy of fifty grandchildren. Mary Cushman was a special woman. She was strong and sturdy, one might say. She died at the age of 83, and her husband lived until that same age. Mary passed away in 1699, and she was the last surviving Mayflower passenger. Eleanor Billington She boarded the Mayflower with her husband, John Billington, and their two sons, John and Francis. Eleanor was one of five adult women who survived the first winter. Lest you believe we were all saints aboard the journey, the Billington family were not part of the separatists, and John was executed, yes, for shooting and killing John Newcomen, a new settler. It was horrible to think of taking a life. Eleanor was also put in stocks and whipped for slanderous behavior against John Doan. Eleanor did remarry Gregory Armstrong. They didn't have children, and Eleanor passed away in 1643 and is laid to rest in Plymouth. Mary Brewster was also one of our separatist families. Her husband, William Brewster, is believed to have authored our compact. Their children, Jonathan, Patience, and Fear, as if the elements and all the hard work it took just for living and establishing our small colony in this new world wasn't bad enough. In 1634, there was an outbreak of smallpox and influenza, which took the lives of both their daughters, Patience and Fear. Dorothy Bradford was the wife of William Bradford. He was the leader of the separatists. We lost Mrs. Bradford in a horrible accident. She fell overboard and drowned, while we were waiting for the men to return to gather the rest of us and escort us to our new dwellings. Although many years later, somebody made up a story of gossip surrounding Mrs. Bradford and a, one of suicide and unfaithfulness. I wasn't there to witness her fall. However, we were all quite close on the Mayflower, and secrets would have been impossible. I will state from my own heart... I believe it was just a horrific accident and great loss of yet another life and nothing more than that. Even though I was 18 years of age, the Mayflower had me listed as a child. I didn't feel as a child. I grew up fast. Out of the 19 women aboard the Mayflower, we were now only five. Five females who Endured and survived great hardships, losses, that first winter that we had, the hard work of our every, a very, a very, I'm sorry, the hard work of planting our first season, and now we were at harvest. These four women were great friends to me, and I 
was now orphan and alone. I was honored to be included and able to help these four brave and strong women on that first Thanksgiving Day. Susanna Winslow, Elizabeth Hopkins, Eleanor Billington, and Mary Brewster, and me, Priscilla Mullins. We made this a great celebration. Thus out of small beginnings, great things have been produced by his hand that made all things of nothing and gives being to all things that are. And as one small candle may light a thousand, so the light here kindled hath shone unto many, yea, in some sort to our whole nation. Let the glorious name of Jehovah have all praise and amen. That was a writing again of the governor, William Bradford. We knew nothing of this new world when we arrived. Many of the natives were here, and they were helpful, teaching us to hunt and to fish. One native man named Squanto also taught us how to plant corn, which became a vastly important grain for us to have. Not all the natives were friendly toward us. While we were new and strangers to their land, there had been an explorer before us, John Smith, who mistreated them and took many as slaves. The earlier explorers unknowingly brought a plague, and it was new to these people, these natives. Many died from that. Is it any wonder to see how they might not trust new strangers? But today, today was the day we would together celebrate and give thanks for our bounty, our new friends, and our homes, our new world. All contributed to this celebration. Our Wampanoag friends brought deer. We had all kinds of seafood, nuts, fruits, and berries, and pumpkins, breads and cakes from our wood-fired ovens. I don't recall there have been turkey, but perhaps a few wild birds were roasted as well. This was a celebration of life and hope as we made it through the first year, establishing new homes, a new way of life, and carrying on without the loved ones we planned to spend our days with. It was most certainly tough times, but now is a good time to look forward to a new life in this new world. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're on a pilgrimage with Priscilla. She stepped off the Mayflower and into a new world, a new world that became ours. And we will be right back. If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, all great writers. 
And after reading your book, I simply must add you to the list. Wait, you don't have a book yet. So make a free call to Page Publishing. Their expert staff can help you turn your book idea into a real book, a masterpiece that could someday make the bestseller list in hard copy and digitally all across the world. Page Publishing can help you completely take your idea for a book, write it, and publish it. So if you want to join the ranks of some of the most famous authors in the world, call now for a free information kit. Turn your book idea into publishing gold. Make a free call right now to Page Publishing. 800-378-3212. That's 800-378-3212. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty to your table. For those of you who want to display your patriot heart, set your table with liberty. The new patriotic flatware pattern by Liberty Tabletop. Your dining table sets the mood for the American family and the American dream. Liberty honors our fallen heroes, the Liberty Bell. We the people with stars and stripes, our American Eagle and the Statue of Liberty. Each piece of the Liberty flatware pattern is an art with elegance, high-quality work, and high-quality 1810 stainless American steel. Each piece is unique while conveying the same patriotic message, Liberty for all, and we love America. Order your set now, and a set as a gift for a special patriot in your life. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty home to your table. Use the promo code BETHANN and receive a discount. LibertyTabletop.com or call them, 844-386-2338. Bring on the glitz this holiday season with MakeupAmerica.us. Rhonda, CEO and founder of Makeup America, is offering her one-and-done sister sets, matching lipstick and nail polish. But Rhonda didn't stop there. She's added a free nail file and a cosmetic bag. Most sister sets are under $30. Remember to use the promo code BETHANN20 for 20% off. Get one and done. You got more for less. Easy, smart shopping, right? These sister sets are perfect. Whether a hostess gift, Hanukkah, or Christmas gifts, appreciate your first responders. Great stocking stuffers and say thank you to teachers. And shh, don't forget your secret Santa. Bring some glitter to your Happy New Year celebrations. One and done it is. Each sister set includes a free nail file and a cosmetic bag. You will also save close to $9 in the four-color American manicure set when using the promo code BETHANN20. Visit MakeupAmerica.us. Use promo code BETHANN20 to receive 20% discount off all Makeup America products. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and when I invented my pillow, I wanted to have everything you'd ever want in a pillow. You can adjust the patented fill to your exact individual needs. You can wash and dry my pillow. It has a 10-year warranty not to go flat, and it's made in the USA. And now, for a limited time, you can get a queen-size premium my pillow for the lowest price ever. Regularly $69.98, now only $29.98. That's a $40 savings. I'm also giving you deep discounts on all my MyPillow products, including my bed sheets, mattress toppers, and bath towels. Not only are you getting the lowest prices ever, but they make the best Christmas gifts ever. Buy now, and I'll extend my 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. 
For all Mike's amazing products and discounts, go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Square, or call 1-800-978-6168. That's 1-800-978-6168, and tell them Beth Ann sent you. And we have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. I hope you're enjoying our little pilgrimage with Priscilla. I enjoyed writing it, and uh, um, we're just going to go right back to Priscilla because they're having their Thanksgiving, and I think you are too. It seems like such a long time ago since that September day when we sailed away in 1620, but there's one thing I've learned from that long, hard year. Every day is worth celebrating, and every life is worth grieving. A harvest prayer. I give thanks to you, Lord, over all the earth. I give thanks to you, Savior, Redeemer, Forgiver of my sins. I give thanks to you, who made the sun and rain. I give thanks to you for new growth that rises from fertile land. I give thanks to you for harvest of grain, for nourishing bread. I give thanks to you for fruit and vegetables full of goodness. I give thanks to you for refreshing milk and eggs, freshly laid. I give thanks to you for the hearty and healthy provision of meat and fish. I give thanks to you for your great bounty. Surely we taste your goodness today with truly thankful hearts. Amen. The first year, oh, it was tough. It was rough, full of sadness. We began with prayer on this Thanksgiving day, and with some silence as we remembered those who were no longer with us. Those of us who stand here together now felt a triumph as we survived and we endured. We were grateful to have food for this new winter coming, homes and with heat and a routine of our settlement as we worked together. So yes, we celebrated. We were building a new world, new lives, and making a new way for many, many yet to come. I have another reading from William Bradford. He said, Nevertheless, to keep a good conscience and walk in such a way as God has prescribed in His Word is a thing which I must prefer before all and above life itself. Above life itself. To walk with God. We found out how important that was in this first year. To put God first. Psalms 39.12 reads, Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Do not be silent at my tears, for I am a stranger with you, a sojourner like all my fathers. Those words mean more today. We were strangers, strangers in this new world. We were there, maybe I was brought here by my father, my father who 
who bore me with my mother. But he was gone. But I stand here with my heavenly father, a sojourner in this new world which he has placed me in. So yes, oh yes, we did it. With our faith and our hard work, we started a new world, and we gave thanks to Almighty God for His blessings. What's next? What's next? This winter, we have provisions now. It's not like last year. And we have better shelters. We've worked on them all, spring and summer long. We are molding our lives, and we're adjusting to our new world, our new surroundings. They're different than where we came from in England. So what's next? Well, my story will continue. What's next? My world is just about to become a little more interesting, for I am no longer a little girl. I am now a woman. Oh, Priscilla is teasing us. She's teasing us. You need to join us tomorrow as we continue with Priscilla's progress, the pilgrimage of a young maiden. I hope you're enjoying this pilgrimage. I certainly enjoyed reading and studying and preparing for it and writing the story. I learned so much more about what the pilgrims actually went through. You know, we we have our celebrations on Thanksgiving, and we have traditions of our own. You know, we talked about that a week or so ago, the traditions that we have and make new traditions, perhaps. So... Tomorrow, Priscilla will tell us the rest of her story and her journey, and then I will give you a report. Actually, I'm going to give that report to Priscilla. I'm going to report back to her on how the new world continued to grow and became our America of today. What would you tell her? What would you tell those that are sitting around you tonight or today or this afternoon as you celebrate and feast? May I remind you to always, always pray. Always give thanks for what you have. There are years that are tougher than other years. We've all had them. Priscilla was a sojourner. She landed in a land and quickly became an orphan, alone, with strangers. Oh, she'd been on a ship with them for a couple of months, but other than that, they were strangers. So I implore you to join us tomorrow. I hope that you have your children or your grandchildren listening. And if you missed part of today's show, you can always go back. They're on our podcast at csetalkradio.com. That's csetalkradio.com. Let me know you enjoy them, okay? Let me know that you appreciated the writings and the memories 
It's a good break from what we're used to on uh, political radio. And I think it's a good thing. As Priscilla said, it's a good thing to go back and read and remember our covenant between one another and God. So I'm going to go back in time just a little bit. For those of you who know where I came from and how I landed on radio, I'm going to end the show today this way. May the good Lord bless and keep you while the near far away. May the good you wish on others shine on you today. May your heart stay tuned to music that will cheer the hearts of men. May the good Lord bless and keep you until we meet again. Happy Thanksgiving, America. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win they lose nothing less big q little q the calm before the storm by a friend of Megagoria. the strategy of heaven revealed big q little q the calm before the storm available on amazon.com or by calling caritas in the u.s at 205 672 2000. Are you worried about America? Do you fear the power of the Obama brigades to take away your rights? The Obama presidency is the most radical left-wing administration in American history. Our constitutional liberties are in danger. What can you do? Join the Council of Conservative Citizens. For over 20 years, the CFCC has fought for the rights and ideals of the European American majority. The CFCC has won legal and political battles to protect your heritage and your liberties. The CFCC advocates strong state governments over the power of Washington, D.C. to rule your life. The CFCC believes in an American-first foreign and domestic policy which opposes globalism and one-world government. The CFCC advocates racial integrity as God's natural order. Visit our website today at www.cfcc.org and join fellow European Americans in the fight for our people.